Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me, James. Uh, if you don't know who James is, uh, he is from the band Prozac. I uh, also played in Nelly Furtado, and he is from the Philosopher Kings. How's it going, James? Thank you for joining us. It's going great. Yeah. Um, what what a crazy concept for for the band. Um, I like how it was all like kind of a cartoon thing. I remember being in school. Uh, I spoke about this with Gerald from the Philosopher Kings, how much music really contributed a lot to Canadian artists at the time. And that was um, such, yeah, it was like uh, the perfect time for Prozac to hit. Absolutely. Much, yeah. Everyone was watching much music. And so everyone saw the videos and yeah, it was amazing. And they actually played your video at my much music video dance. Oh, cool. I, yeah. I remember that. Um, so for those of you who aren't from Canada, Much Music is a station. It's still around. It's called Much now. But they were really focused on Canadian music. And they, they had a countdown with other musicians from all over the world. And they mixed it up with Canadian music. Help Canadian artists kind of get out there. Um, and then they had these dances where they would go around to schools, high schools, uh elementary schools i don't know about colleges but they would have a video dance so every song had a video and they would bring the guys from you know rick campanelli and you know the the, yeah. the vjs um yeah. it was a very cool experience for you guys being on the other side of the spectrum you had two projects that were going the philosopher kings and prozac but uh more primarily, we're here to talk about your experience with the band Prozac. Actually, I believe that the cartoon concept, all their videos and everything is kind of almost cartoony. It's all cartoons, right? Um, it was. It was all cartoons. Yeah. All the, my, this is my wall of inspiration here. So this is Prozac. This is our first album. That's So that's me, Milo. So it's Simon and Milo. Those are the characters that we created, and that was... As you can see, it did uh, amazingly well at the time. So that kind of blew Philosopher Kings out of the water, you yeah. know, as far as the fans that responded to it. So, yeah, it kind of got everyone in the Philosopher Kings thinking about producing for other projects. That's what that did. Absolutely. And uh, you, you guys predate the gorillas with the cartoon. We did. I know. I know. It's funny. We have to keep bringing that up because we were at, ahead of the gorillas just by a pinch but you know damon alburn was already pretty big with blur so they had a good head start on uh, popularity and i love the gorillas too man they're cool yeah. but simon and milo are, are a true original and uh thank you know i'm really thankful that we've got a lot of fans still you know absolutely and and you guys that uh, came back for uh a bit uh, a few years back um so yeah it's funny like we thought it was finished and then we got a request to do this reunion show and it was just such a bizarre request. It was at the science center for a cosplay rave. So it was like people dressing up as characters. And so me and Jay just looked at each other, well, we called each other because he was, he was in LA at the time. And we're like, okay, if we're gonna come back, this is the right show. And so we did it, not knowing if anyone would show up or be into it. And we had not only was it packed beyond capacity and it had to be shut down by the cops, wow. but there was like multiple people dressed up like Simon and Milo. So it really hit home for us. So we're like, wow, those characters really touched a whole generation. 
And so that kind of just led to Jay and I getting inspired. We did a new album. We did a, a couple of big tours after. So it's it brought them back to life. It was cool. And, you know, if you didn't get the experience Prozac uh, while it was hot and ready, it sucks to be you. Really, it does. <laughs> um, no pun know, intended, but uh, that was it. That was a massive, massive hit. Um, but getting to that point through the Philosopher Kings and becoming Prozac, you guys had a physical altercation and then it ended up being Prozac. Is that what, how it all went down? Oh, yeah. We got quite this a whole legend behind it. Yeah, so Jay and I were we were in the Philosopher Kings. He's the bass player. I'm one of the guitar players, um, and we always like we weren't the main songwriters from the beginning. His brother and the singer John and singer Gerald or now called Jarvis Church, uh, they were kind of writing most of the songs. And as Jay and I, want, you know, got more confidence as writers, wanted to write more, we were trying to squeeze it in, and it just wasn't fitting in the Philosopher Kings. So one. Well, yeah, before we got, so anyway, we already like, we, we were, we were polar opposite personalities, but we already knew we could kind of have some kind of connection musically. Then after a show in Montreal, we just like totally blew up about something I don't even remember now, but I think it was insulting my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> anyway, it was a reason enough, that, which I, you know, I'm a peace loving guy, but I got outside and like, you know, we got to fisticuffs. It was actually a one punch. I'm left-handed. It was a left hook. And that's what we named our production company afterwards. So basically what we decided was, okay, the band was still had like dates, to, Philosopher Kings were in the middle of a tour. What can we do to kind of, you know, make it happen and get together. And so we, we thought through the beauty of music, we could, you know, come together. And actually as cheesy as it sounds, that's what happened. And that's how Prozac got started. And what were the first songs you guys wrote? First song was called Europa. And that one ended up on, on our first album, Hot Show. And we actually wrote it. So first of all, pro, like before we had really thought through the concept of the story and the characters, we just we were, wrote this song and it was gonna be a pitch to Ace of Bass, who was like, if you remember in the massive. 90s, they were a massive European electro pop band. So we wrote this very Euro kind of pop song and Jay just, he pulled out one of the characters that he kind of, used on the tour bus like when he would just be joking around and it was this british voice and it was like this old kind of washed up musician that had been huge at one point and he, whatever so that's kind of the, that's how simon was born he put that voice on the song and we were recording it at sony records in canada at the time it was a very cool building they had a recording studio where philosopher king's first album both prozac albums were recorded they had a writer's room. Anyway, so we were just writing, and the A&R guy opened the door, popped his head in. He's like, what the, what is that, man? I love it. And so we said, oh, uh, yeah, it's a new thing, new thing we're doing. He's like, can you do a whole album? And we just looked at each other and said, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then he left, and we were like, okay, so how can we do this? <laughs> and it was fun. It's fun to make that kind of music too, right? You said it. You nailed it. Because honestly whenever jay and i like um like i say when we weren't making music we were always at each other's throats as soon as we were writing a song we were laughing constantly having the best time ever and i think that kind of comes across in the songs so prozac to me is like was pure magic like you know and the fact that it's had on had on fans and still has is pretty awesome it's incredible because um i 
always believed that, that the philosopher kings is one of the most talented bands in the history of canada um oh, thank you musically man. because if you look at the nucleus of the band the members and what other projects they've gone on to do and produce and um you guys have been fe- featured in a, a couple a couple movies as well with the one Lindsay lohan uh, what's it called um it's, it's not really my yeah 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 um lots of success with prozac um how did you come up with the concept about doing it all animation when it comes to the videos and presenting yourselves well the first re- the first reason we thought of it was when jay was doing the character he realized you know what there's no way i can perform that live because it just felt like it was too much of a uh, joke it's like it wasn't real enough secondly jay hates performing honestly he's scared he gets really insecure when it comes to singing yeah. um so so we started thinking of well how else could we do it and then we just thought it would be so cool if we had this these two characters and you know if we came up with like you know buddy situation simon and milo simon looking for true love milo's his buddy to help him out he seems to kind of have it together um and the only accent i could do is kind of a fake arnold schwarzenegger ish um huh? eastern european accent so that was ended up being milo, milo. wow <laughs> and and how long did it take for you guys to conceptualize those two characters not long like we worked we came up with who they were and kind of what the overall story was and that made it really easy to write to because you kind of just knew okay he's on a search for love and we're going to different countries different girls different scenarios um that's how the first album that was the shape of it but we worked with an illustrator who was super talented and who unfortunately passed away really young like he was 29 his name was scott harder and he was the one that actually drew the characters well that's the first so you know we worked with him to kind of design what they would look like and um and but anyway, so he didn't. He, he actually passed away right before the album came out, so he didn't really get to see how it connected with people, which is a, a real shame. But hopefully, you know, I'm hopefully he's uh, you know, has he watched and appreciates it, you know, in spirit. He's proud, and, and being an illustrator and getting it all done and stuff, it's pretty costly to do. Um, well, that was the other cool thing at the time. Like, um, Sony Music had a lot of money at that moment because Celine Dion was their biggest artist, was just huge globally. So they had this extra money and they invested it in other Canadian acts, which, uh, you know, was hadn't happened before then. Like, so it was just kind of a new thing in Canada. So we were really just lucky that we were a part of that at the right time. So they spent crazy money on those project videos. Uh, we, you know, we had a team, uh, actually Ann Murray, the singer, had an animation company based out of Toronto. We started working with the team there, the directors, then it was also had an office in LA, went there, and then the actual hand-drawn illustration or animation happened in Korea. So it was like a global enterprise. We actually, and we worked, like Jay and I wrote the concepts for every video, and we actually worked with... Um, the head of the video department at Sony at the time, who's a young guy, who was like 23 at the time, named Mark Lestraco, who happened to be super talented. Like Sony was, again, they just hired some great people and the, it all, all the stars aligned. So Mark and Jay and I would like work the concept up, get the storyboards, and then we'd 
sent us the animation company. So it was pretty awesome. And you guys were rocking at Canada's Wonderland at one point as well. Uh, yeah. There's, there's a oh, never mind our first gig. Yeah, we were opening for Destiny's Child. So we got to meet, Jay and I went, we said hi to Beyonce before she was Beyonce. And wow. um, and then we actually were in the audience for that show where we just did, it was just the characters on the screen. And that was such a cool experience where we were just there, totally anonymous. And we just looked around as pe- to see if people would get into it. Within a minute, they were like in it, they were dancing the music. So it was, it was awesome. And then after a while, I think we both kind of, got a little jealous of the characters we were like well it'd be fun to play on stage after it kept getting bigger and bigger so incredible and you, you guys also performed at the junos at one point too right absolutely yeah it was 2000 yeah i remember we were performing like we had pyro we had these two massive heads of the characters built that we stood on that literally cost like 50 grand each they had like an artist i don't know I'm, well, that's not how much maybe it cost to make them, but that's how much you charge somebody to. And anyway, they were super heavy, made of fiberglass. And I remember Alanis Morissette was like in the front row and she was just like, looked really confused. I couldn't tell if she liked it, hated it. What, anyway, it was, I was, it was awesome. For the Junos back then, you'd have like even American groups come there too, right? Yeah. Yeah, just like now, exactly, yeah just be like ripping it up on stage and you'd have like the Backstreet Boys in the front, front row. Right. That's, they were there actually that year. You're right. Yeah. And, uh, and going back to uh, Canada's Wonderland, there's been a few cool things that I've seen there. I've seen the Rosie O'Donnell show there. And then, and I've really? seen uh, Brett the Hitman Hart there and like just crazy interviews, entertainment tonight as well. So um, Can I tell you, I just have to just go back for a second, talk about how crazy music is and how, Prozac is, you know, how it's all connected. My first summer gig uh, when I was 18, like when I was just going to University of Toronto, where I met the guys in the Philosopher Kings, I worked at Canada's Wonderland in the band. They had these cover bands that would play like eight hours a day playing covers of old pop tunes. And we dressed in it really, they had us dressed like white pants, full mm-hmm. shirts. So I did that all summer at Canada's Wonderland. And then to go back a couple of years later, and be, you know, have a show and have fans. That was pretty awesome. Um, and then to go to Backstreet Boys, you know, we, you know, they're huge. When we played the Junos, they played, everyone was like, they were the biggest thing. I would not know that I would actually end up, the Backstreet Boys would cut two of my songs in 2013 from when my friend, I was living in London at the time. They made they came to London to work, uh, with my friend Martin Treffy to produce a very acoustic sounding album, which was different for them. And they needed songs. And so I was like, oh, I got some great ones for you. So anyway, I'm connected to everybody. <laughs> which songs are those? It's called, uh, there's a great song called Try and another one called uh, Trust Me. Um, but the first, yeah, Try, uh, so those are both on In a World Like This. It's came out in 2012, 2013. Cool. Anyway, Max Martin was on it. it was, yeah, it was just like one of those bizarre things. Just like you never know where the music will lead you. Well, I guess like Sony's probably licking their chops and the, the the royalties back from the Prozac spending. Hey, that's that's a exactly a massive. Yeah, bill. that one worked out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, just how things used to be uh, compared to now. I mean, despite what's going on in the world, but 
the music industry in Canada, like, is it still, is it still bumping or like, I don't understand like how it's all changed. Uh, because as I remember, you know, growing up, it was, it was the big thing. Much music would be a cool place to go play. You, you see all the up and coming bands on there. There are people, be people playing at different venues around Toronto, London, the hammer, you know, little yeah. towns like Woodstock and whatever. But now it's, you know, I don't know if people go to shows anymore. I mean, do they? I guess you don't. <laughs> there have been a few. But... Some people still do, but it's very different, right? With you know, we got the metaverse now. We got like which works out fine for Simon and Milo, but um, yeah, you know, things have changed a lot. Uh, on the plus side, though, I you know when I started, it was like a real it was like an issue being from Canada and trying to break out into the world because you didn't get noticed by the States. You didn't get noticed internationally. Um, and so even if we're signed to Sony Canada, that only really had influence in Canada, right? Sony US wasn't, it was a whole thing, a different thing. But um, so now we got the biggest acts in the world are Canadian. You know, we got Drake, we got The Weeknd, you know, Bieber, we got everything, Shawn Mendes. I mean, it's crazy. The Canada is like undeniably the center of the music world in, yeah. in many ways, right? Well, I mean, if you look at it in the way that I do, is like, are they signed to American music deals or are they signed to Canadian music deals? That, That's that a good, very good point. Yeah. And uh, most of the time, they're still signed to the States first in, in that sense. But what's changed now is that we've got everyone looking at Canada now. And so you don't have to go to New York. You don't have to go to Nashville or London or LA to get noticed. So people are looking and seeing what's coming out of Toronto. There's so many cool things coming out of Canada, right? Or not just Toronto, but Canada. So that is a real, you know, that's inspiring actually. So absolutely. It's a, it's, it's something that we need, you know, um, we have, uh, some regulations here on the radio, you know, the, uh, you know, 35 to 40% Canadian content needs to be played each hour on our radio stations, but still that does not help enough. We have uh, fundings like factor, like little, uh, you know, areas that you can, you can apply to like maybe like a, a grant from the government grant. or something like that. Um, yeah. I mean, there's things that are great about being in Canada and making music here, but it's just, um, it's just a very small population in a massive country. So there are logistical challenges to that, right? So um, touring is always like, if you can tour Canada, you know, you could tour anywhere. And so I have to hand it, go back to the philosopher Kings. Like we fought hard for every fan that we got and we put on a killer show. I have to say like, we were a very good live band. That's probably, I'd say the best thing about the band. Um, and so anyone that went to our show, I think we had a great time and, and, you know, won't forget it. But man, I've been like across the country so many times in a van, sleeping on gear, and then gradually graduating to the tour bus and then flights sometimes. So anyway, uh, it's a tough country to tour in. So for a new artist today, you know, they don't have the same kind of experience. Like you don't have a record label putting thousands of dollars behind you to tour to get started. So it's really up to the artist now to like build an online presence, get enough followers, and then kind of to have the other people pay attention. 
and there's no like artist development really anymore with with record labels they're not really investing the money into it they want you to be developed they want they want you to have great songs and they want you to have a following on social media um i guess that's how you can kind of gauge things right now now it's all visible it's all transparent uh whether you bought your followers or not and also if people come to your shows like i mean the weekend was playing in guelph before things blew up from me was packing venues like to the windows right so um did you see him in guelph i've seen him in guelph it was cool how's the show it was fantastic like yeah Okay, yeah, cool. I, I didn't even know he was going to be that big, right? And my friend just kind of dragged me to it, and I was like, okay, whatever, like, let's do it. I'm more of a rock guy. I like rock and roll, and yeah. um, I've got a lot of, like, that's my roots, a lot, a lot of knowledge in rock and roll and stuff like that, but it was very different, right? It was very different. It was very cool. There's um, a lot of really good rock bands, too. I mean, at the time, like, 90s, I mean, you know, one of my good friends uh, was in Moist. You know, that was another yeah. big band in Canada. Like, there was there was a whole moment where there was a lot happening with bands and, and stuff like that. Yeah, so, I'm Mother Earth. I'm yeah. Mother Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edwin and the gang. Yeah, man. I, I can keep on going. Uh, you know, Our Lady Peace, they're still around. Um, yeah. Moist just released a brand new record. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so they're coming back. Yeah, it, when you come back, when you come back, is it is it hard to come back and like see? Are people waiting for you when you come back? Or you- <laughs> well, you never know. That's the scary thing about no matter how big you are or were, it, it you know when it, when it's an hour before the show, I'm still like nervous that no one's going to be there except maybe my mom and dad. That's okay. <laughs> so you never know, but you know I have to say when both philosopher kings and prozac have kind of come back and had a reunion and and new music it's it is awesome that we have been embraced there are fans that still remember us and um yeah and you know as you get older you kind of appreciate it more like when prozac was happening the first time around it was just such a whirlwind and it was so bizarre and it was mostly driven by the characters it felt totally surreal so i didn't even get it like the impact so much until years later when you're running into fans or fans are posting online about, you know, how they came out, you know, were afraid to come out until they heard the song be as, and that kind of inspired them or people, you know, there was major life events for a lot of people around, you know, their favorite bands. So. I think if that project came back, it would definitely fly again. Uh, It's the songs are not dated at all. And uh, it's fantastic. They're fun to listen to. And uh, I want to ask you, what are you up to now? Like, what what's kind of music stuff you up to now? Any recent projects? Yeah. So, I mean, after just like what I, I was, you know, the 20 years in between, it's like basically um, I ended up writing and producing for a lot of other artists. And that became like my most, my biggest passion, right? I love collaborating with uh, artists and kind of helping them lift you know the vision or kind of get them to another level so that's that's what i've been inspired to do and that's what has kept me going um as well you know so i mean nelly Furtado was one that um not only so a lot of philosopher kings had success with nelly because their first album um brian and gerald uh from the band produced her first two albums I played guitar on both albums and, you know, but that was, that was my role there. And then her third album she did with Timberland and 
basically right at the beginning, Nellie, like, you know, she said, James, you got to come on the road with me. You got to tour in my band. And I was like, Nellie, when you're playing Wembley, give me a call. <laughs> like I said, maybe I didn't say it quite that bluntly, but that was the point. Like, yeah. yes, absolutely. When, when you get to a certain point. So, um, 20, 2008, I got a call. They're like, dude, do you want to, do you want a tour? Uh, we're playing like Wembley for this Princess Diana, you know, co tribute concert with Elton John and Kanye and all these people. And I'm like, hell yeah. So that was the right time. So I, I was able to kind of tour the world with her and do these, you know, amazing venues that I always dreamed of about playing that, you know, even with the bands I was in Foster Kings Prozac, we hadn't gotten to that level internationally. So that was like a dream come true to play, you know, tour the world with her. And then after that, the natural progression was for us to write and, you know, me to produce something else for her. And she wanted to, so her next album was going to be a Latin album, something in Spanish. Awesome. Um, and I listened to like a ton of music from all over the place, but always have loved flamenco music, Brazilian music, you know, all kinds of Latin music. So I invited her to the studio one day. I was like, oh, I'm, I want to do a solo guitar record and um, wanted to know if you want to do a duet. You want to come try to write something? So she said, yeah, okay, sure. So she came and then at the end of the session, she's, she's like, you know, would you mind if, if I put this out? And I, so, which is of course, you know, this is, this is my, it came out on my album. It's like, oh, that's like, that's okay. Yeah, Who is yeah that? you put it out on your album? Yeah, definitely. So that became the song Me Plan, which was the title track. And, um, you know, me and Ellie and a good friend of ours, Alex Cuba, who's an awesome singer songwriter in his own right. The three of us were a good team. So we wrote like half of the album and, you know, the, we had a song, a number one song all over the world uh, with Mano Salire. So anyway, that was just like my whole, the whole journey has been kind of one step at a time. I don't always know what's next, but it's always led to something really cool. And, you know, it's about the relationships you make along the way. So. Well, absolutely. Thank you for joining us today. Um, it's called Meet Me for Coffee. Um, I really appreciate this. Um, how do you take your coffee? You got my coffee here. How you you know what? It? I'm a more of a mocha guy. Definitely like froth the milk up, put some good chocolate in there. <laughs> you spend some you spend some time making uh, that drink, eh? It's true. Yeah. That's exactly. awesome. Well, you know, I, I've been on the chase for a while to find someone from Prozac to bring on the show and awesome. It, it, it all worked out. Hopefully it was worth the wait, man. I really appreciate you reaching out, George. It was so awesome. cool, man. Honestly, like, um, you know, you have, you know, there's there's artists and then there's actors that you go after because you think people are going to want to hear them, but, you know, you, you find artists that you want to talk to, right? And it's awesome. And this has been really cool, and I feel that this won't be the last time you'll come on the show with your next project, you will come back. I appreciate and, that. Absolutely, man. I will say this though. I'll give you a little surprise information. So Prozac, yes, we had put Prozac to bed again before the pandemic, but um, we have been inspired during the pandemic to, uh, to maybe consider doing something again. And we're actually working on an NFT collection right now, of new, uh, new little videos and artwork of the band and some new acoustic versions of the old songs cool. so i was just recording that actually uh, two days ago so 
Interesting. We'll see where that will lead. Might might have some shows uh, this summer. You know, fingers crossed. So keep an eye out. Maybe we'll talk again about that. Amazing. Yeah. And if you don't know what NFTs are, get on it. Figure out how to buy them. Figure out how to mint them. Um, Exactly. uh, Get on that when that announcement comes out. Thank you so much. Cheers. Okay. See you on.